Welcome back to Omid Yomi. Today we're continuing to learn with Sechtus Megillah, the mayor for our hostages and for our soldiers. We're in Daf Yudalit, Omid Aleph. And this is a Daf, very important Daf, because although it's Agadic in nature, there are very important halafas we learn out from here. In fact, maybe even you'll re- remember or recognize that there's a Gemara here quoted all the time, but I quote it all the time, when I, well, all the time that we're discussing the sugya of when to say halaf. So let's begin. The um, our, our, our Gemara picks up, Mashal Daf Hashverosh Homa. Uh, a very good analogy for the relationship to Nachashverosh and Haman is as follows. What can be comparable? You have two, two fellows. One person has a mound of dirt, which they don't, do not need in their field. Another one has a ditch in his field. The owner of the ditch says to himself, I wish the uh, guy who uh, had the uh, mound in his field would give me uh, the mound. I'll tell Omer, and the one who said the mount said, because I wish the owner of the field would give me use of his ditch so that I can I can uh, so that I can uh, I can put in my 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 uh, dirt, my extra dirt, so I can flatten my field out. And each one's thinking how they're gonna, you know, buy the the dirt or buy the the space to put the dirt from each other. The one day they meet each other, the owner of the ditch at the Baltel, sell me your mound. I need your dirt so I can level out my field. I'm alone. Tell us and the owner of the mount says, "I'll tell you what, take it for free, and, and that, that's how it should be. Take it for free, and we're both we, we both gain here. Both of us have the same intention. We want to level our field. You'll take my mound, I'll get a level field, and you'll place it in your hole and your ditch, and then you'll get a level field. So too, both Achashverosh and Haman wanted to get rid of the Jews. They wanted to exterminate and expunge all Judaism from the kingdom, and they just didn't know how to do it. And when they came together, so Lechinam for free, they did so, even though Haman wished to purchase their rights." At the end, they need they did not the Achshverish wanted too, so it was a Zemazah and Hannah. They both gained. Okay. And the king removed the signet ring. Omar of Abbar Khana says the Abbar Khana from a cynical line. Godal Hasra's Tabas Yosim Arbam Ushmana Nabi and Shabbat Nabi Oshin is Nabul Hemisrael. Through the act of removing the signet ring, there were Achshverish accomplished more, accomplished more than all the forty-eight prophets and seven prophetesses of the Jewish people. Again, it's a cynical line. Why? Because as much as they tried to uh, convince and cajole and get the Jewish people to return from, from uh, sinning and stop sinning and live a righteous life, they were never successful. Whereas the second there was anti-Semitism here, the second they tried to attack the Jews, suddenly Achshverosh pulled the cigarette off, all the Jews feel like they're in dire straits, and what do they all do? They all return. Again, a cynical line, but there's a lot of truth that, that sometimes when things are going well, so you can have all the Muslim species in the world, and we're like, oh, nah, nah. And then when they come to attack us, we all band together. Nothing's new. Tanur Abundance says the rabbis, There were 48 prophets and 7 prophetesses in the Jewish people. And yet they did never add or subtract from anything written in the Torah. As in the Torah, what's left is Torah isn't changed. The Vim Navios cannot add to the Torah. In fact, if the Navi comes and says, God commanded me to change something, we put him to death. Chutz uh, and with exception of Mikra which they did institute. But we'll see in a minute, there was a reason why they instituted it. And it, it was based off pre-existing Torah principles, biblical principles that allowed them to do so. But in general, rabbis can add on to things. And anytime we find in Tanakh, that a rabbi did, there had to be some, or a, excuse me, a nabi did, there had to be some sort of reason why there it was allowed. And I'm thinking of, you can remind me again of this as well, Shavuos night, we talk about the times when the uh, rabbis or the Nevi'im seemingly did go against this rule and institute new things. Okay, my darshan. So how exactly did they 
uh, create an obligation to read Megillah when, after all, you, that's how you got to add out to the Torah. Omer Rav Chia Bar Avin, Omer Rav Yeshua Ben Karcha, listen to this. Now, the Jewish people, they sang songs of freedom when they were freed from slavery to freedom. So, Kava Homer, certainly, if they are they are surviving and being delivered from death, to and they're now living, if they certainly have to sing Shira, they have to sing praise. Again, if you have to praise God when you go from servitude to freedom to emancipation, Kava Homer, when you go from death to life. So, if this is true, so what, I don't hear Halal on Purim, we see Megillah on Purim. So, number answer number one is we don't say halal on a miracle that occurs in out, in the land, outside the land of Israel in the diaspora. Halal is reserved for miracles that take place, or put it this way, communal halal is dedicated to the miracles that take place in the land of Israel. So the Gemara is like, oh, one minute, where did the whole, this whole Kabbalah learned out of Egypt, and that took place in Chutzlaritz? So he says, okay, fine, don't, don't you're, not, you're not so smart here. Kedatani learned the Brisa. As long as the Jews had not entered into Israel, so then anything that took place was appropriate to say halal in praise. Once the Jews people entered the land of Israel, so for some reason, and this is beyond what we need to talk about now, but halakhically, a miracle that occurs outside of Israel, we don't communally commemorate with the recitation of halal. Rav Nachman no. said, actually, Purim, one should be saying halal. Forget this first rule. Nothing about Israel. Ella, Omar, Kresu, Zuhalo. But by reciting the Megillah, that itself is hollow. Reciting the Megillah is hollow. By the way, we uh, we discussed it a little in Davdalit about the, diff- the different obligation of man and woman in, in saying Megillah, possibly because of this. But also, there are some Rishonim who say, I don't remember if I thought it would be eerie, but I think it's beyond the mirror. It might even be the Ron here. I should have looked it up before I quoted it. Who says, it's not the, it's not the Ron here. Um, but there are some Rishonim who say, if you're in a place, where you don't, you know, you don't have uh, uh, Megillah with you, so you should recite Halal because you still have to discharge your obligation. Rav Omar Bishlam Hasam. Rav said, I understand when it comes to Egypt, Halal Abdi Hashem. There, what happened? We uh, were slaves of, of Pharaoh, and then we came out, we served God. Velo Abdi Pharaoh, we don't want slaves of Pharaoh. Allah Hatha, Halal Abdi Hashem, Velo Abdi Hashverish, Akati Abdi Hashverishanan. So he says as follows. This is answer number three. So answer number one was, a miracle that occurs outside the land of Israel. Once the Jews enter Israel, we don't say a public halal. Answer number two is no technical. We should say halal, except we um, we say we say the Megillah instead, which is a form of halal. Um, and answer number three is actually is actually no. The reason we don't say halal is not because we're not in the land of Israel, neither because the Megillah is a place of halal, but rather because we were still in servitude. We still were under the uh, auspices. We're still un- in, in, under the jurisdiction of Achishverosh. We were just saved from from life and death, from death, and brought to life. We had that salvation. We still, but we still were servants of Paro, so we don't doesn't warrant a full fledged halal. Says the Gemara, Bein the Rav, Bein the Rav Nachman, Kasha. Now, according to Rav Nachman, Rav, there's still a question because we learned a brisa a minute ago that says the brisa says we don't say halal once the Jewish people enter the land of Israel and a miracle occurs out of Israel. So he rather says the Gemara came in Shigalu Chazal Shin Larishon. Since the Jewish people are exiled, we, we, according to again, this is according to Rabbi of Nachman, if the Jewish people are exiled, then this uh, this command or this halacha that we don't say hal- communal halal on a miracle that occurs outside of Israel was rescinded, and once again, once permitted to say halal on a miracle that occurs outside of Israel, and therefore, for the purpose story, either we don't say halal because the Megillah is the halal, uh, or or 
or because um, because we we're still servants of Achashverosh. Okay, let's go. Let's get a little distracted because why not? Vesuleka, are there only forty-eight prophets? This is the way in the beginning of Shmuel. There was a guy from Elkanah from Ramasim Sofim. Um, what's going on here? One of 200 prophets who prophesied for Israel. That's what we learn from here. So it, I mean, saying his generation alone, there were 200 prophets. So what do you take of 48 prophets? There were many, 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 more, many more prophets. So he says, yeah, in fact, there were many prophets. Uh, the Bryce says, so there were so many prophets, double than those who left Egypt. And we know there were 600,000 men who left Egypt, uh, 2 million people around who left Egypt. So, so we say there are millions and millions, I mean, millions of, prof- of prophets. Prophecy that was needed for future generations was recorded. Prophecy that was not needed for future generations was not recorded. And thus, how many prophecies were needed for future generations? 48 prophets who bore those messages. Now, I think what's important to note here, and you definitely get this in the Rambam, is prophecy is not a means into an end. That I want to know the future, or no, 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 find something, so I turn to prophecy. Prophecy is the highest level one a, a person can achieve. It's shlemus of a person, the highest level person can achieve in their avodas Hashem. In fact, in Seals Sharm writes, if you follow all Seals Sharm, this uh, the ladder of Pinchasinyar, brings you to prophecy. Again, it's a it's a state of being. The Rambam writes, someone is a prophet, never goes back, even when they're not prophesizing, they never go back to being a regular human being again, in the sense that they living among men again. You separate yourself, you made yourself holy, you're kadosh. Again, this is the, it's, a, it's a goal to become a prophet, not because it allows you to see the future as much as it allows you to have this very powerful, visceral connection to Hashem, which is why we're in this world. Okay, continues the Gemara. Adam haba mishtei rimos shitzof from zuazu. What is Aram says sof and be quoted in Shmuel? So it says a man who came from two mountains that walk each other, seemingly some sort of valley. Rechanin Omer Adam haba the Adam shomdim beruma shalolam. A man who sent for people who stood at the height of the world. Who are the people stand at the height of the world? Umayin yinu bnei Korach the sons of Korach. Tzeiv bnei Korach lo meisu because Korach's sons never died. Tanu shem Rabbeinu makom this batzer shlohem begehenim omdu alav. That they 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 were because the sons of Korach originally were part of the mutiny, but afterwards they uh, decided to backtrack and do tshuva. So they when they went to got to Gehenim, got to hell, there was some sort of uh, platform there so that they um they, they were they they are they're, they're safe. Okay, next Shevin and Yosman. Who are the seven prophetesses? Sarah, Miriam, Devorah, Hannah, Abigail, Chulda, the Esther. Okay, Sarah. How do we know? Dixiv Avi Milka Avi Yiska. The father of milk and the father of Yiska. Or maybe it's like Yiska Zusar, Yiska Sarah, Lom de Krishma Yiska, Shesachsa Ruach Kodesh, because she was suffused, surrounded with holy inspiration. Shnemar Kolashar Tomar Lecha Sarah Shema Bikolov. God said, anything Sarah tells you, heed her voice, not just because she was wise, because her voice was conveying prophecy. Davrachar Yiska Shakol Sofen Biyafya. She's called Yiska because everyone gazed at her beauty. Miriam had no mirror with the prophecy, the Ksiv. Because the prophet tells us she was a prophet. Right? This is like Roshef's famous uh, question. Roshef, when you get the kolo, says, can a, can a nazir be a, can a woman be a nazir? And people say yes. And he goes, how do you know? And people say, well, Gemara, Mishnah. He's like, it's a pasik. Ish, oh, Isha. He had her ned. Okay, fine. So, can I, how do you mirror the prophetess? Because it says, Miriam the prophetess. Now, follow off of Moshe. The Gemara says, well, was she not also Moshe's sister? What do you mean, the sister of Aharon? Sister Aaron and Moshe, Amr of Nachim, Amr Rav, Shayin Misnavah, Shayin Achuz Aaron, because she prophesied when she was just a sister of Aaron, 
i.e. prior to Moses being born. I know in the future, my mother will bear the son who will be the savior of the Jewish people. When Moshe is born, the whole household is light. Our father stands up and kisses her on her head. Omar, Allah Biti, this came to was, this is my daughter, your prophecy has been fulfilled. And then, when they threw Moshe into the sea, Omar, uh, her father got up and struck her on the head. Um, now, I'm not giving this, this should not be taken for parenting uh, advice. She'll be striking her children. Then I leave up to, uh, I don't know who. He said, My daughter, where's your prophecy? You prophesied we have a son. I'm going to have a son who's going to save the world, save the Jewish people. And I thought you were right, but now we threw into the sea. So, therefore, she runs out and stands at a distance to watch to see what happened here. After all, she has a prophecy. That's my Yiva Sophie to see if a prophecy will be fulfilled. Okay. Devora. How do you she's a prophet? Except Devora Isha Nevia Isha Lapidos. It says Devora prophetess, the wife of Lapidos. My Isha Lapidos was called the wife of Lapidos. She said Osip the Silos the Mikdash. She used to make the wicks that went in the in the in the, in the Mishkan. She went and made the wicks in the Mishkan for burning. Okay, let's do some more. The Osip is talking tomorrow. It says she sat under the palm tree. My Isha talks tomorrow. Why under the palm tree? What's the significance of that? I mean, when she judged Jewish people, was she an actual judge, or was she just kind of acting in that role? That's a chokus we shown him. She was very careful. Yichud. One thing we know about palm trees are they're very tall, so it wouldn't be she wouldn't be in seclusion with anyone because you know covered with the you know the, the tree branches because she was clearly visible from everywhere. Why? Just as a, tama, a palm tree only has one heart of a palm, it's only one heart. So too, everyone in that generation, all of Jewish people, had one heart for the Father in heaven. They all were uh, very, very religious. Okay, Chana. I know Chana was a prophetess. But this Palo Chana, Tomer, Oh, lots. Libi. Okay, I'm not going to sing that one. Libi Hashem. Roma Karni Hashem. So Chana has this beautiful prayer. She says, My heart rejoices in God. My horn is exalted in God. Roma Karni below Roma Pachi. So why does it say my horn is exalted and not my flask is exalted? Now, what do we know about flask? You use that to anoint people. So David and Shlomo because David and Shlomo were installed as kings with a horn of oil. See, there's some sort of horn full of oil. Um, right, we know this already. So though so their reign was prolonged. As in Shmuel, who was the son of Hana here, uh, anointed David Shlomo used a horn of oil, and their mouthless, their their kingship lasted. Whereas, whereas Shaul uh, Yehu, Shaul Yehu, that he was the flask. Lo Nimshchah Malchusan, their 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 reign did not last. It was a very short lived. Chana continues, There's no one holy like you. There's no one beside you. Omer Yehuda bar man manasha nashia. Don't read it as Bildecha, which is beside you, rather Livasefa, which means survive you. What does it mean to survive you? So says he says the Gemara, The ways of God are very different than the ways of man, or better yet, the makeup or the nature of God is very different than that of man. The nature of man is his work, his, um, work of his hands outlived. A person makes a statue, the statue goes on and lives way beyond his life. But God outlives the work of his hands. Right? God creates the world. God will be here once the world is no longer here. And afterwards, when nothing's left, God will still be here. And God will still be prior to that. 
Then soar up Mount Kilkenu, and there's no rock like our God. What does that mean? Ain sire cooking, there's no artist like our God. The person draws a figure on the wall. We can't endow with breath, soul, internal parts, and intestines. The person can make an AI uh, robot, a robot that answers to AI and sounds like a person, looks like a person, and, and seemingly has emotions like a person, and has some sort of personality because of the AI, but ultimately, it's, at the end of the day, there's no neshama there's no there. Whereas, God makes a shape in another shape, as in he, uh, put, he creates the child to the mother, or matam aruach neshama krobim deimayim and endows his breath, soul, internal parts, intestines. I.e., he puts in neshama. So you know, in this whole debate, this whole debate, can you create a can a robot that has AI be sentient? The answer is no. Only God can do that. I wish you all a wonderful day.